You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Celtics Stuff Live with your hosts Justin Poulin and John Duke. Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics. I'm your host Justin Poulin. Joining me as always, John Duke, and here we are. Celtics got a loss, but really something that you had to sort of expect—a letdown game. Somewhere along the line, you can't win them all, uh, even if the Golden State Warriors a few years ago certainly tried their best and came came pretty close, really. Celtics smacked them in the mouth once that year. They smacked them in the mouth again uh, just the other day, and then they go out and have an un- uninspiring kind of loss, even though they still had a shot to win it at the last second against Sacramento, and then back to their winning ways in Phoenix, playing some really stellar defense, even though... They're up against a big man on the rise, an old friend Aaron Baines, John. So my, I think my favorite part of that game is still the more I watch it, Grant Williams on the ground and Baines just like litter. I mean, and Grant's not tiny, and Baines just lifts him by the basketball off the ground up into the air with a big smile on his face. Lots of great moments from that game, but that one by far the most entertaining. I do kind of miss miss the Baines man. Oh, no doubt, right? I mean, never mind the fact how awesome he has been this year. I mean, just absolutely killing it for the Suns. But, <laughs> yeah, forget, like, what he would add on the floor and, and that he would solidify the Celtics defense and all of that. But just his presence, just his his joie de vivre, if you will. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I hate French. Uh, but not the French. <laughs> Here we go. Here you we know. go. It's a downward oh spiral oh right now. You're just oh I'll just step right in. Absolutely. I just stepped in it. Just but. because because of his personality, because yes, of his locker you. presence. And one of the things that's coming out more and more, and especially the defensive effort against the Suns and specifically against Devin Booker, even though Marcus Smart didn't start the game defending him, he defended him pretty darn well, not only in coming over as as double coverage and kind of making sure that they didn't find the open man too easily for open shots when they did double. Marcus is really becoming the heart and soul of this team. There is, I know Kemba's brought energy and enthusiasm in life, but but Marcus continues to establish himself as 
really the the locker room guy. And and I almost want to go back to a couple of years ago when he when he punched the picture in the face. And uh, you know, I think from then he always had the passion, but I think he really. I, something about that experience, I think, kind of brought him to another level. Never mind the three-point shooting. It has nothing, no impact on that, but I just think mentality-wise, you know, having that cool, calm disruptor instead of being the one to lose the cool, since that time, he's been the one to cause other people to lose their cool by being just tenacious, and um, he's leading the locker room as a result. Well, and I think he actually talked a little bit about you know, the fact that he felt as though that his mom's passing was a big, big influence for him, too, as well as to change his his outlook and his mentality and how he's approaching the game. And, you know, clearly he has he has found a different level of peace. He's still crazy out there. He's still doing things that, you know, we all watch and just how, what, where, you know, uh just bizarre but stuff uh just smarty i mean he's just doing wild stuff out there but but he has he has found a new level and his shooting i mean let's let's be let's talk about that let's not bury the lead i mean his shooting has been absolutely dynamic uh i i don't even know how to where to even begin a guy confidence Confidence. Yeah, I mean, the it's, dude's it's, shooting 37% on seven attempts a game. This isn't like a, you know, a small sample. This guy is, he's putting them up and he's, and he's making them and he's shooting them with confidence and it's, you know, he's doing all the other stuff and that, and it's no slippage on the defensive end at all. Uh, he's arguably a defensive player of the year candidate right now. Shot selection is, is definitely better, but he benefits from ball movement. When you look at when they had that sluggish offense and they weren't swinging it, and when it happens, it's still there's only brief moments, but their offense has gotten off to a slow start in many games, but not because they weren't moving the ball. To, you know, that's usually just shots not falling, layups not dropping, uh, and two overplayed sort of uh, lines of commentary over the first several weeks of the season is Tatum not being able to hit a layup and Tatum in the plus minus stat. Both are interesting, but neither, you know, I just think, I think those stats just chill everybody just chill, right? We don't need to hear about it every single game, but, but they're very rarely struggling to get offense because they're lacking ball movement. There are still moments when that happens, but the slow starts are not totally related to that. A lot of shots just don't fall in the early uh, parts of the game um, when that when they're getting off to those slow starts. It may not be as crisp. The ball movement may not be as precise. There may be some sloppy turnovers, but it's not because they're lacking sharing the ball. Where Marcus really gets uh, tied up on offense is when the ball isn't moving. Um, he's the guy that everybody tends to leave open when the ball movement is good. And when he gets open, he really gets a shot off. Um, and he makes smarter choices when the ball is moving about not forcing shots. If you remember last year, even though his three-point percentage went up, he still had some interesting choices in shot selection. And that's really cleaned up this year. And I think it's because the team is moving the ball around and he is totally a guy who buys into the team concepts. Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, he's, he is the, he's, 
he is the heart and soul. I mean, you could argue he was the one guy last year that that never really let that kind of impulse of let me get mine, uh, you know, invade and take over his body uh, more so than anyone on that team. If there was anybody who maybe just kept trying to push the right message, it was Marcus Smart throughout the season. So I, I think you're I mean, he's. He's always been the voice of of the right, making the right call, making the right decision, offensively, defensively, and he, the guy certainly plays it. He plays that way. He plays like the most important thing is winning the game, not about personal, you know, personal, uh, you know, uh, play you know, his, own, his own numbers, yeah, yeah his own accomplishments. But, but yeah. I, 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 and I don't think you meant it this way, but I also think Jason Tatum's his growth in terms of the plus minus as one stat to identify that he has, you know, I think that that Phoenix game does outline it pretty well. He's often now without Gordon Hayward, he is the sole guy on those lineups who can score and to be able to do what he's doing as a, in terms of that plus minus, and yes, they've won a lot of games against some bad teams, but the fact that he's still doing this, in those situations and against, you know, Phoenix the other night, that's part and parcel of that. That's a sign of a guy that's not just about his numbers, which is kind of his what people expected him to be. They well, he's playing him, really good defense. He's, he's playing amazing defense. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's playing play, yeah. at a level that I, I think is certainly maybe even ahead of where his offense is. And his offense has potential to be, you know, not just all-star, but, see, but, on the, on but the, all-NBA. As much as the plus-minus is a credit to Tatum's defense, you know, the missing the layups is the detractor from the offense, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. You know, a lot of those layups are not like wild misses. They're rolling off the edge of the rim, you know, might just and he's getting shots off at the rim that are really tough. And they're close to falling down. Like we're not talking about a layup in transition in a two on one or a three on two where he's not finishing at the rim. He is creating offense with long arms, Euro steps, driving through the, like the fact that he's even getting some of those layups off is actually a testament to his athletic ability. So when everybody's like, oh, yeah, he's missing the layups, he's missing the layups because some of these shots are incredibly difficult that nobody else would even have a look at it without having the ball jammed into the front row of the seats. Like, And, the, and, and again, same thing with the plus-minus. It's a nice stat, and I, and I get it that it credits his defense, but the team is on a winning streak. Most people should have a decent plus-minus, and he's playing a good amount of minutes out there, and he's typically with the starters. Um, you know what I mean? So that plus-minus is, again, not to detract from him, but you know, you always hear Coach Stevens talk about don't get too high, don't get too low. I, just like I wouldn't get too low on the layups, I wouldn't get too high on the plus-minus. It's it, They both point to the team's success and you know Tatum's individual success, but Lord, I love Scal. I really do. But if I got to hear him talk about freaking Tatum's plus minus one more time, and you know me, I'm on League Pass. I don't even get them every time. But he's just is is going overboard with that stat. I think well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know sure what's going on with Scal lately. He's he is kind of off the board. He's he's, he's a little, off the map. He's, he's a little loosey goosey. He's a little excited, folks. Yeah. He's a little excited about the turnaround because he hated watching what was happening to this club well, locker room last year. I bet. 
Sure, but it, I, I'd also, I mean, he was he was going kind of crazy on Buddy Heald the other night too when uh, you know they played Sacramento. So it, there is a, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but yeah, there's <laughs> moving Pascal though. I mean, I think that you know the, you're looking for reasons of why this team is continuing to do well, right? And I think that you're right that the to go back to Tatum's missing of those free throws. I mean, he's shooting right now. He's shooting 41, almost 42% um, from two point, two point territory. He's right now about a 48% shooter inside three feet. Now Kemba is uh, 66. Smart is 60. Jalen 65. Gordon 73. I mean, there isn't anybody apart from Carson Edwards who's under 60% of, of that team. That's a problem. That's not a good thing. But what does it, I mean, does it seem like, is it more like someone's got the yips? I mean, you're right. He's, he's getting to a position where he's able to get these shots off and they're just missing. Are those going to fall? I mean, it seems like, yes, there's an issue They did there, in, in Phoenix at the sure. end of that game. and then it, it sure did. I don't yeah. think there's an issue there at all. I, I There might be – he didn't do it as much last year. So no. is there a little bit of maybe precision or practice? Yeah, he's got to do it more in a game. You know what I mean? He's got to build the confidence to hit those shots. I mean, right. he just didn't take that many last year. That's exactly my point. Yeah. So it's you, just you a matter of getting guy. the groove. He's got to change his shot profile, right? That's the whole thing. We want him taking the right shots. Well, you know, part of that is maybe trying to figure out the right position to be taking those shots. I'm still happy with him taking shots and missing them. You know, he's still shooting a big a great difference. number from free point. Yeah, and it makes a big difference for the rest of the team. Absolutely. If he does, if he doesn't attack, everybody gets to do the Milwaukee defense from the last postseason and just hover around the perimeter and apply pressure and the team never can exploit that in the middle and they're already not a big team Jalen we'll get to him in a second needs to continue being in the paint Um, Kemba needs to keep dribbling through the paint and not he does such a great job off the high screen Uh, it just doesn't just amazing how he gets comes off that screen with the right timing and always gets a shot off against, you know, the defender that's trying to fight under it and can't even if they fought over it, they'd have no shot at blocking it. It's just so positionally sound on the high pick and roll going into going into his three point shot. But he also gets down into the paint and he everybody needs to continue to do that. But Tatum is the one who can set it up from outside and really bulldog no, not Bulldog, finesse his way to the rim, and they need to keep doing that. Um, and they also need to – he needs to figure out how to pass a little bit, and I know that he's focused – like pass when he's driving. Right now he's so focused on making that finish happen, but he does need to be able to look for that open man. He is missing some some guys in the corner here and there. He's, he's missing those plays. Actually – and we're going to go to Jalen on two accounts, inside and Jalen's passing. But there's actually a certain level of maturity in Jalen's game this year that when Tatum gets the same level of maturity, it's going to be disgusting what this team is capable of. So real quick, follow Celtics Stuff Live on Twitter, at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me, at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke, the entire CLNS Media Network is at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS. Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews on the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash CLNS Media. And, John, I think it's time for the ad read. 
What time we Ooh. Oh, yes. Time for the ad read. Oh, here we go. Football and basketball seasons are in full swing. They're Get still in the full game. swing? Okay. Just making sure. I want to make sure they're still in full swing. They are definitely still in okay. full swing. Good. Okay. But, but Swings are full. But basketball is in, in an early swing. Okay. Football is a little bit of a later swing. So it's kind of like when you're like pulling back on the swing and you get your feet your your feet underneath your butt, right? Yeah, I, it's kind of the underdog. It's still full swing, but you're yeah. kind of back. And now with football, you're kind of your your feet are already out there. And you I think no, the, the, if I wish that the Patriots' offense was in full swing, Ooh. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've been scaring me all that's season. That's all right. Ever since all right. the Buffalo game. I don't think so. All right, here we go. Football and basketball seasons are in full swing. Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser. Straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild prop bets. Who will be the first head coach to get canned? Who will win the NBA MVP? Get the fastest to market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sports back sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So let's talk about Jalen a little bit in that regard, unless you got something you really want to finish on Tatum there. I'd like to talk about both of them and their and their future together, but let's let, all right. right. So let's, let's lead Jaylen. in. Yep, let's lead in and tie it back together. Then we yeah. can talk about players uh, like like uh, Rob Williams having the sloppiest game ever, and uh, the other Williams, Grant. Uh, with some crazy blocks, really playing much better at the four. He really is Al Horford all over again. So Jalen Brown, <laughs> Jalen Brown has got body control like nobody's business this season. I mean, this is the guy who was flailing into the paint, even at times last year, who looked very composed two years ago in the postseason and uh, was really the best player for the Celtics that entire run to the Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, which we talked about uh, and I confused on the last show. And now we're seeing this guy total body control, totally knocking down three-pointers. And what's his free throw percentage? Like, it's not as bad. It's always been bad, but I don't think it's as bad. Hasn't he usually hovered in the 60s? Most of the season? Uh, yeah, so right Most now, prior. he's shooting 74%. There you go. He's a 10% uptick. Not that he shouldn't be in the 80s, but I'll take 74%. 74 is huge. Where, <laughs> That's a huge Where plus. we're coming from, 74% yeah. is great, especially because he still has not gotten the calls from the officials. They are still, they don't love him. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I don't really see him making the faces after the play. Like, I don't see him doing anything that would, you, you know. see him doing this, like Tatum, putting his hands up, I his know, massive Tatum's arms. I know, constantly complaining. Yeah, Tatum's got to stop with that. He's looking like Kendrick Perkins now. But um, and, and he does need to chill on that. But Brown's not doing that stuff. And um, But he still doesn't. He gets a lot of and one non-calls that I'm just surprised by. And I think some of it's his athleticism. It's like they just don't even see him. And until he's a prolific scorer with lots of attention, he's not going to get those. But 
he has made some significant strides. And when he starts going to the line, and should he continue attacking, that's great. Also, the rebounding. I mean, just his steady rebounding yep. line with them not having bigs, everything that he did, you know, playing the four and the five with Team USA was critical. Um, he learned some strategies. He learned better timing on the rebound and the putbacks. Uh, really, really strong effort. And we've played some teams with some bigs, and he kind of holds pretty steady even against the bigger teams, which I think is great. Well, you know, that was one thing we started the, you know, the preseason and we were talking about where this team would go. And the one thing that I remember talking about with you is the, the fact that all three of those guys, Hayward, Tatum and Brown had to find a way to rebound. They had to add, you know, something to their games to where they were significantly better rebounders than they had been. And some of that would be minutes, but largely they were going to have to go out there and really add to their games in that regard. And, you know, I think, Brown as much as anyone, but you know, Tatum is at seven and a half rebounds, which is a whole a rebound and a half more per game. You know, Brown has added on on average three more rebounds a game. Again, we're not talking about a, a billion number, a billion rebounds here, but they're doing the job. They're making themselves, they're rounding out their portfolio as as more fully rounded players. And Jalen, probably more so as than anybody, has made that leap from from last year to this year in becoming you know complete players. And as you said, taking that Team USA experience and, and augmenting that, but also providing the scoring. I mean, he's averaging 19 points a game for crying out loud. You know, I think there was some question when he got the the money, would he ever be a 20 point a game scorer? I mean, you know, in with high efficiency, he's only taking 15 shots a game <laughs> and scoring 20 points. That's amazingly efficient. Jumping 10 percent in his free throw percentage, he'd been 68, 64, and 65 percent. His first three years, jumping up this year to 74, that's important. I mean, he gets to 80, like that's, you know, and he starts getting those those numbers up. I mean, he's averaging a, a full free throw more per game. I think you're right. If he gets a bit of a more uh, of, of, a, of a, a better whistle here, uh, you know, you could see those numbers jump up and you know, maybe even double um, up to eight free throws a game. If he gets there, you know, 25, you know, he really is. There is a really, I think, a really good case to be made that he's an all-star this year. Frankly, all three of Kemba, Tatum, and, and Brown uh, deserve consideration, I think, for uh, for the all-star game well, in February. Hayward's still got time to make a case as well. That's what's crazy. Sure. I sure. mean, you left him out, but he probably had the best case going after Kemba. You know, before the injury, yeah. I mean, 37 points and, you know, triple double material, everything else. But he's going to be back in what, four more weeks now, mid-December, you know, maybe, maybe a little over four weeks, four weeks and several days. But um, there's no he's still got most if he comes back and he's able to just slot right back in like he stayed in condition because he's not going to worry about trusting the hand. That's not like the ankle. So as long as he's in game shape. I think he's good. And if that happens and he steps right back into it, you know, you still got six weeks of, you know, good, solid voting for him to stand out. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I just, you know, usually when you see someone lose that much time, you know, five to six weeks in the middle of the season, 
you know, or in, in this part of the season, usually that can be the death knell for them in terms of, um, you know, free, you know, their, their all-star case. But, you know, looking at the East right now, who else are you going to pick ahead of them? I mean, you look at, I, w- I just kind of brought a basketball reference while we were talking, right? Just to see like, okay, who else is in the East who's in consideration? If, we're, if you're looking at like valuable replacement players, Giannis, I'm looking just at the East, Bam out of bio, Kemba, Kyrie, uh, Oji Ananobi, Butler, yep. Vucevic, and Trey Young. So there's eight guys just on that one metric. I mean, you can look at different ones, win shares. You can look at you know a whole bunch of different stuff. But the the point is, where does there Fred Van Fleet? Where does Fred Van Fleet fall on that one? On on valuable replacement player. Yeah, he, he's not in that list. He's not in the top twenty. Uh, but you know that's a it's, it's still relatively that early. Toronto team is so interesting to me. I can't even hate on them like I normally would, right? Like Milwaukee is now my team to hate. It's, it's they made it so easy to hate them. It used to be Cleveland, and then it actually was Toronto for a little bit. But I can't even hate Toronto. I can just only respect it as we get ready to queue up against the Clippers tonight, and mm. they're Kawhi-less, and maybe the Clippers will be Kawhi-less. Uh, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't. George yeah, is I, healthy, so I'm, that's tit for tat, maybe. But uh, at least you know what we could have been seeing. But but you have just got to take your hat off to that to that Toronto team. It's you know it, it's it's incredible. It's really incredible that they're holding this line. No, they're amazing. I mean, it's really it's it's incredible that you know a guy like Siakam has made that leap uh, and. You know, maybe that I don't know what their schedule has been like. You know, I can pull that up actually. Uh, you know, I don't know that they've had a, a, an incredibly difficult schedule like Boston. Let's see, their strength of schedule is 11th, so it's not actually that much that easy. It's really. actually pretty pretty That's, telling for them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So there's Boston. Where's Boston, Where's Boston uh, today? <laughs> Boston strength of schedule, yeah, 20, 28th. <laughs> oh wow. So, that will take a, I mean, that number is going to take a hit over the next two. You know, the good teams win the games that they should win. Right. And, yeah, they probably should have won that Sacramento game. But even the good teams that win the games that they should win lose a couple that they probably shouldn't have lost, especially when you're talking about 11 straight games and a West Coast trip. And even the more that I travel out West, and unfortunately I was in Phoenix on game night, but I just could not get over. My flight didn't land, and I would never have been able to get over to the game in time. Uh, but it would have been fun to be you know, in Phoenix watching the Celtics play on the road. The more I travel out West, the more I realize you know, that's re- that really is tough. It, it, it just just traveling to a different time zone. It's really surprising what kind of how it sh- can shake you. And I think they must have had a little bit of the lags in Sacramento because it just that that game was sloppy. Just well, they're sloppy. playing at noon in Sacramento, yeah. too. Like that's that's weird. I mean, I, there's there's nothing normal about playing a noon game in, in Sacramento. And it, so and then and then at the, even with all of that playing not well and and all the sloppiness involved there's still just you know the ball just kind of falling the wrong way off fall yeah not you know, just I mean, smart is smart too a lot of them a lot of them having trouble getting those shots to knock down so anyway the point is not too worried about it i think probably the biggest test let's run the schedule 
uh, and do some predictions here because we're coming to close to the to the close. But so Clippers tonight. And then Friday we've got the Nuggets, and then they return home for a rematch against Sacramento next Monday. We might record a show before that, so we've really only got two games left. You and I both said that they win three games over the last week, but we waited an extra night to record. So thanks to that Phoenix win, we got the three wins, but we said, I think, undefeated. Uh, we did not predict the loss against Sacramento. I think you you and I both went 3-0 and and then said, hey, this is when the schedule gets tougher. Um, the Clippers... Uh, their record is nine and five. So, no, not awesome. The Nuggets nine and three. I think they're going to split these two. I think it's going to be one and one. I actually think they take the Clippers and lose to the Nugs. Wow, wow. I, I, uh, it's interesting that the Celtics are in such a position where, uh, they could, you know, not, uh, you know they could walk out of LA with a with a win and yet lose in Denver. I, I actually I think I'll reverse it. I think that Paul George is going to be uh, a challenge, but I think that that Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams just kill the Celtics. I don't know what it is. I don't know how they do it, but those two guys are just too tough. Um, so take that, a, a, a normally pretty strong effort from Paul George. Uh, I think they can actually, I think they're going to have a hard time against the Clippers. I think they go to Denver and they take Jamal Murray's face and they smash it into a billion pieces. Figuratively, not literally. Uh, after dude, last you know, year's... Jamal Murray was my backup for yeah, Tate. Well, oh, I still got a sweet spot for him. No way. I think that guy's a punk. He's a, he's, I have no respect for that guy. I hope they go to Denver and they destroy him and they and they walk out of this road trip with a a, a very nice three and two record uh, with a weird loss in, in, in Sacramento and an understandable loss against the Clippers. Um, that's that's the way I think this thing goes down. So one and one, one and one, one and one. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see. I, I think the key is Marcus Smart playing the game and playing at a high level because you yeah. talked about Lou Williams, you know, again, and, and even Paul George, like I think Jalen's going to draw that assignment largely, but it, but, but Smart's probably going to double. Like we might see something similar to the strategy they used against Booker at times, especially because it's going to take more physical, like Booker's still a little bit raily, right? In terms of strength, it's more like get up in his mug. But Paul George is a little bit stronger player, and so when they double, they're going to definitely be doubling to body up. Yeah, no, that's very true. And and smart, uh, you know, as long as he's got that mobility with the with the turned ankle, he should be able to stay with Lou. That's the concern. Yeah, that's the concern. If he's if he's just a, a step slow, not quite as quite as quick or even leaping ability or his base isn't just as planted as firmly, you know, he may not be, uh, may not be the same player, but well, and, and to that point too, I mean, if, 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 if Pat Bev is still out, which, or, uh, which sounds like a possibility, you know, you don't have Shamit. Speaking of a guy who throws so, his hands up. Yeah. Pat Bev, he's, <laughs> he's, you know, if he was here, we'd love him, but he's not. So we'll just, we would, dude, we would. Yeah. Uh, it'll be he good to see Doc. 
<laughs> I, yeah, I, I just, I, there's just too much. Hold there. on, that's the outtakes. That's, <laughs> like, that's all right. You know what? Let's do it. That's the outtakes. We found it. We're ready. This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in, and remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, Semi. Executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke. I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. <laughs> All right, Dog Rivers, outtakes, oh. baby. <laughs> Right. You're doing it. You're doing it right now. You didn't even know we were doing the outtakes. Oh, man. This totally goes into the out. This is one of the more classic outtake outtakes. This is a legit outtake outtake. This is yeah. actually a legit outtake. This is like, wait, you hit record outtake? Yeah. Right. So, right. Doc Rivers, lots of history. You and I have gone back and forth. I think last year, though, the healing seemed to come for you. Didn't you? You're a little less irritated with Doc as of last year because you were pretty sour on him for a while, and I was like, Nah, I just I always liked Doc. You know, he just he wasn't a guy to develop young players. He wasn't necessarily a fit for what I like watching happen. Like I've told you a thousand times, I don't want to trade players that I think are really good. I like watching Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum grow up together, and I want to continue watching that. I want to see what they can become with Marcus Smart on the other side of all this when they're getting close to 30, Those that trio. Uh, and, and even Rob Williams, to some degree, if he continues to work hard and grow. But those three players, that's what I enjoy doing. Not Doc's forte. One thing that was Doc's forte Great quotes for the media, real personable guy, and the players do love him. I mean, he is through and through a player's coach. I, I'm I'm not – I'm somewhat over – look, it's been since he decided he didn't want to be a coach – or six years. Uh, it was seven this spring, actually, since he decided he didn't want to be the coach here. He went through some rough times. He realized that, that the – you know – Grass isn't necessarily greener on the other side. So I'm happy about that. I think he had to, he licked his wounds. And so I'm somewhat letting bygones be bygones. I just think it was kind of a snake move on his part to do that. But, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, we're I'm moving so on. much better off for it. It's beautiful. That does, that, but see, that's not the point, you know. That's, it was, it was the Celtics. I am a Celtic. And then a year later, I have a clipper and yeah. like, that's, that's the stuff where like, come on, man, you can't, you can't, it's you can't the NBA. Everybody does it, you know, and no, maybe this no, is where it, I am. A, I am a warrior. If you're KD and then be like, well, never mind. I'm headed to Brooklyn. I'm a net. Well, you're, I, mean, I was just going to say, so now you're calling me out. This on, is I got like, a, I got a double like, standard for player versus coach. It's, 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 just this far away from Kyrie's, if you'll have me, and doing an ad, you know, saying, you know, I want to be the reason no one else wears number number eleven. I mean, it's it's this far away from it. But I'm I'm moved on, really. I'm 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 past it now. Honest. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs>
I, I don't have you're, a, was, you're better. You're laughing about it. I'm right. I don't have a visceral hatred for him. I'm just like, mm, okay. You know, it's you walk past your ex in the, in the grocery store. You're not like, I need to go down the wrong aisle. I can walk past and, mm, you know, see ya. Hey, what's up? So that's that's all I got. That's all I got. It, it would have been harder if the Celtics were still mired in the Kyrie drama this year. Sure. But you look at him like you're passing the ex-girlfriend and she's hotter than ever at the supermarket. Right. But instead, in this scenario, you know, things are back on track for Brad. The team's buying in. He's not the issue, clearly. His schemes still work, his, you know, and, and all of that. And then you say, yeah, you know what? I like watching this basketball better than I loved going after the championship and I loved KG and Paul, but I definitely did not love Doc Rivers brand of basketball. And it's different with the Clippers. I mean, I, I will say that because he's out on the West Coast and he's playing more of that West Coast ball. But Brad's got this focus on defense, and yet the offensive game planning is still a lot of fun to watch, you know, because it's predicated on passing. And Doc's was a lot more about the ISO and, you know, let's find Ray in the corner. And as a matter of fact, I think I, I know we've never attributed – it seemed like Ray and Doc were close, you know, but that whole move to go to Avery Bradley – in the starting lineup over Ray was definitely Doc's decision. And there were definitely some things there that, you know, I could see where even how Ray was utilized in the offense was frustrating for him because he's a guy that used to drive to the basket. Now, like with K, uh, Kevin Gar- uh, Garnett, KG, and Paul Pierce, he's all of a sudden parked out in the corner half the time. Uh, not a very exciting way to play a game for somebody who has been an offensively gifted player for an entire career. True. It's true. And it's, and it's, uh, that imaginative nature was not really on, you know, something that, that he was a hallmark of his, his coaching career. And I don't think still hasn't been, but he has the, the players he has now probably better fit what he wants to accomplish in, in Paul George and Kawhi. So, you know, I think, and I, and I hope they do well and I hope they beat everyone other than one team. You know, I have no, I'm kind of just like, I'm glad Kawhi didn't end up with the Lakers. I'm glad Paul George didn't end up with the Lakers. I, I appreciate and enjoy the hell out of the fact that those guys are going to, you know, going to go to battle and hopefully take away what LeBron and, and, Anthony Davis feel is, is their birthright to having. I think that's wonderful. Uh, but for tonight, uh, no, <laughs> not this time, you know, and if, if the Celtics were to get through the East, then, you know, we'll have a different, different, uh, conversation here come June. And I hope, I hope we are. That would be a whole lot of fun. Well, Lakers and Celtics have the top, uh, records in the league. Indeed. So we'll see how it plays out with the Clippers. They've definitely got the talent, but so do the Lakers. So, and I, I don't think it's out. Of, I know people are kind of poo-pooing the schedule with the Celtics, but to play at this level, you know, regardless of your opponent, night in and night out, to get to eleven and two, I think it's pretty legit. I right. think the idea that they could come out of the East is a le- is legit. Do I think they have some definite stiff competition in the postseason? Yeah, I think Philly will still be tough, despite the fact that they've sputtered a little bit. You know, it's interesting too. We'll wrap on this, but I just want to make a note with Philly that um, after that fight 
that was supposed to sort of be like this lift game, you know, and bead and everything. They actually stumbled uh, pretty good as a result of that. Not and and after Embiid served the suspension, they still stumbled. Um, you know, I know Simmons. You know, I think he had to sit a couple of games, so there was an impact there too. But I, I almost feel like that might have had a. I'm not sure that that had this positive impact that people were kind of thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to have a real positive impact. I think it was detrimental to some level. And so it'll be interesting to see how they continue going through the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think they'll, I, I'm, you know, I think Philly, they all look great opening night and everyone's flying around. I think they're better than what they've shown. But there are real issues about fit there. I don't know that these issues that they've seen now are, the cause of bad fit, but I think that that is going to crop. It's going, it's going to show its face here this season. And the idea of maxing out or nearly maxing out a 34 year old center and the lack of flexibility that provides that team. There are problems for the Philadelphia 76ers. And if it doesn't happen this year, uh, they're going to have to make some tough choices and, they're going to have the millstone of, of Al Horford's contract in, in part standing in the way of, of what their potential is moving down the road. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. So with them. since, yeah, but, since that T wolves game, they're three yeah. and four. Yeah. Good. Feel bad for them. Isn't it awful? It's but, awesome. They yeah. lost to the Suns. They lost to the jazz, a close one. They lost to the nuggets, another close one. And then they just lost. Oh no, I was wrong. It's worse than that. Uh, three wins, one, two, three, four, five, four and five. Oh, shots. One, two, three, four, one, two, three. Yeah, four and five since that. Since that game, they've gone four and five, and they lost to the Magic even. And you two of their wins have been against the Cavs. You know, but – We're it, talking about weak schedule and not coming up. Yeah. well, You know what I mean? I, well, but you know what I would say, too, about Philly is that or in, in Milwaukee, for that matter, too, the gap between them and and, the, and everyone else, Boston and, and Indiana and and and, and uh, you know Toronto, Miami, is a lot closer than what we made it out to be in the preseason. And those issues that Philly and Milwaukee have, they still exist. And so even if you know Milwaukee or and Philly find that kind of level that we expected them to play. I don't think that anyone can say that those issues have been resolved or will be resolved without some significant changes to those rosters. And I don't see it happening. So we're going to, this this is going to be much more of a dogfight in the Eastern conference playoffs, I think, than than we expected. And I think that's a wonderful thing for the NBA and even better for the number one in the NBA, Boston Celtics. Yes, dog. All right. And uh, if you're still listening, you're welcome. You're welcome.